Well, good morning, NCC. How are you guys doing this morning? Good? It's good to see each of you here. And once again, if you're our guest, if you're new to um, New Community Church, or maybe you're watching this for the first time later this week online, we just want to say thank you for joining us. And if I haven't met you yet, my name's Aaron, and I'm the lead pastor here at New Community Church. And we're glad that you're with us, that you're worshiping with us this morning. We're kicking off a brand new series. And before we jump into the message today, I just want to encourage you once again with what Pastor Sarah um, talked to us about is tonight um, at 6 o'clock, do not, do not, do not miss being at Group Link. And I want to encourage you with this. You know, it's easy to sneak in and out of service, to kind of come in maybe a little bit late, to, to sneak out a little bit early, and never really to be known. But that's not the picture God gives us as church. And I just want you to hear me. You're missing out on so much. If that's all you do, you're missing out. You're not getting the full experience of what God wants us to experience. And so living together in community, growing with others, that's a vital part of our spiritual life. And so I want to encourage you, be here at 6 o'clock tonight. We're going to have some awesome conversations. You're going to meet some people. God's going to challenge you to grow spiritually. You're going to help challenge other people to grow spiritually. I know you will. So do not miss it. Be here at 6 o'clock tonight. It's going to be a great time. And we're kicking off, like we said, this brand new series called We're Not That Different. We're Not That Different. You know, I believe the enemy wants to lie to us. And if you saw those words up on the screen, he wants to tell us, we're the only one facing this. You're the only one going through this. No one else understand what's, understands what's going on in your life. And he wants to isolate you. And in this series, we're going to have the privilege of finding out that we're not that different, that there are others going through these struggles. And God's word talks about this in Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. It says this, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So by the sacrifice, what Jesus did on the cross, that brings victory in our life. But the other thing is our story. You telling your story. You hear other people telling their story and what they've been through and what God's done in their life and even what they're going through right now. It's going to bring freedom in your life. And that's what I love of what we're going to do the next few weeks because we're, we've invited some great people from our church to come and share um, about a few topics. So today we're going to talk about something's um, wrong with me. What do we do when we're facing depression or anxiety or, or stress? Um, next week, we're going to talk about, I don't want to change. What do we do when we have those feelings of addiction or maybe unbelief or doubts in our life and um, handing over our faith to God? That's difficult. And then the third week, we're going to talk, um, if only I had a million dollars. Okay. I know all of us can relate to that. We're going to talk about how do we handle the money that God's given us? Um, how do we honor God in that? How do we invest it? How do we break maybe mindsets of poverty? And so I promise you're not going to want to miss any of these weeks. And so um, let's just jump into it. I want to invite our panel who's helping us out this morning. If you guys would make your way forward. Can we give them a hand as they come up here to the stage? And I'll just set them up, church. You're in for a treat. Um, I invited them and didn't know exactly what they were going to share, but first service was so good, and I know you're going to be encouraged um, with what they shared. So I know you guys. Um, I've known you, um, most of you guys for a little bit, and so just maybe start because everyone in the church may not know your story or even who you are. So take a moment, introduce yourself, and then even um, take a second and just talk about 
how you've struggled with what we're talking about today. It could be anxiety or stress, depression, or any of those things, or, or faith in God, trust in God, any of those things. So introduce yourself and then a little bit of the struggles that you guys have walked through. I don't Good know morning, everyone. <laughs> so my name is uh, Joseph Rodriguez. This is my uh, lovely wife, Valerie. Um, we know some of you, maybe not all of you, but now, now we know you. Um, we've had a lot of struggles in the past with our marriage, with Valerie's health. Um, she's been uh, very close to death four times. We've been in the hospitals, and she's had all sorts of health issues, and God's delivered her each and every time. Um, our marriage uh, got to the point where we actually separated for a time, and uh, through much prayer and support, God brought us back together, and, and here we are. And I'm very thankful and very grateful that he's delivered us from yeah. so many things. I'm awesome, so I don't know why that happened. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, other things that we've gone through is also with uh, things with our family. So with my health, um, I'm a former Jehovah's Witness, and my family is still active in that. My mother um, is very active. And with my sickness and my illness, I've had to have blood transfusions. And through it all, it amazed me that through, through prayer and just her seeing how we've changed um, the past several years, that she's been very supportive of having blood transfusions and she's never given me a hard time about it. Um, we also have two sons, uh, one 22, one 20, um, and they are not in, the, in a path with God right now and we pray for them every day. Um, it stresses us out and we worry about them constantly, but we know that God has a, um, a plan for them and we just proclaim the men of God every time that we pray. and. Um, with that is just a lot of anxiety that comes with along, along with it. I'm Jessica, and I've attended NCC now for several years. Um, anxiety and depression have always been a part of my life. Um, both of my parents have mental illness and grew up in a really chaotic home, um, but I saw how they externalized, so I kind of internalized all of my depression and anxiety. I struggled with panic attacks for a long time, um, but through counseling and through community here at NCC, I experienced a lot of healing and wholeness. Yeah. Hi, I'm Wayne. This is Nikki. Uh, we have three kids. Uh, we've been married for, what's up, P? We've been <laughs> married for 14 years. I've uh, been at NCC since February 2015. About four years into our marriage, three, four years, we were diagnosed with unexplained infertility, which just means we don't know why you're not having babies, but y'all aren't having them. Um, so about a year after that, year and a half after that, we, God moved my heart to towards adoption. Hers was already there. Um, so we signed up for adoption classes and three weeks into adoption class, we were blessed with our baby Isaiah. Um, after 10 years being at our old church, it was time to move, so we came here in 2015. And like NCC make things new, uh, something, it just opened up and we conceived after 10 years of being married. Um, aha, but uh, both of those um, conceptions ended in miscarriages, um, so it was a very, hard, very uh, dark time for us of not knowing why, why after 10 years this, what are you doing to us? We thought you loved us and, you know, and it was um, a very tough time uh, 
kind of closed doors on certain things and people and uh, my wife was diagnosed with mild depression and uh, yeah, just a tough time. Yep. Nikki, are you gonna say anything? Or that was good. <laughs> so, so we're gonna ask you guys just a few questions um, uh, that I think will help us as we talk about how do we deal, yeah, with depression, how do we deal with anxiety, how do we deal with stress. Um, there are those of you in this room that I know some of your stories, and so I know this is going to hit some of you guys right where you're at, and I know God's going to speak to you this morning. For others, I just want to say this. That may not be something that you've experienced a lot of. I promise you there are people surrounding you that are going through this, and, and God wants to speak to you this morning to be a vo voice of encouragement, to open up your heart, to know what they're going through. And so I believe God wants to say something. And so as I ask these questions, um, we can kind of popcorn around or however you want to answer them. Um, but I know you guys are going to give us some good insight. And so when we're talking about this, um, both in your life or even other um, things that you've observed in others, when people are struggling with depression, anxiety, or stress, what do you think is that major factor that keep, keeps us from reaching out for the help that we need in our lives? I don't know who wants to go first. Um, I would say resources. Um, okay. Again, I feel like that's a major factor, um, especially in a community, um, in a middle class community where sometimes you can't just outright pay cash for counseling sessions yeah. or professional um, advice. And so um, insurance companies oftentimes don't pay for things like that for an extended period of time in which you would need it, not just one or two sessions, but sometimes it takes years for healing to occur. So I would say just a um, fa uh, factor would be um, resources. Okay. I, I think with um, anxiety and stress, it, it eats up your time and your emotion and your peace and it makes you bitter and it yeah. makes you, it isolates you from the people around you. And I, I think it's also important to have deep relationships with people, like really real relationships where you know them and they know you you can talk to them, they can talk to you, and they can listen. Um, versus, I know a lot of relationships now are, are very shallow or maybe online relationships, things yeah. like that. For me, I experienced a lot of shame and was really afraid that people would see me as being weak or incapable, incompetent. Um, I would come and serve at NCC and I'd go have a panic attack in the other room and then come back and act like nothing happened because I was afraid that if people knew what I was struggling with, they wouldn't let me be in ministry. They wouldn't let me share what God was putting on my heart and do the things that I felt like God was calling me to do. So I think that shame and that uh, fear of kind of being found out was yeah. a big reason why I kept that to myself. And I pretty much second that. I think that a lot of what keeps us um, just sheltered, I mean, in our thoughts and, and how do I say, just being, uh, kind of keep to ourselves is because the world is so harsh these days. And so yeah. it's so hard to find somebody that's going to be actually caring for you. So I think that um, even whenever you know the person, you're afraid of being judged whenever you come out and tell someone what's going on. Yeah. And you don't want to be judged as weak, especially at work or at or you know, wherever you may be, and if you're in a state of management or, or anything like that, if they see that you're stressing out and you're not being able to deal with things, they totally think you're weak and they you know, start whispering behind your back. And so it's just part of the judgment that comes with it. And I think that's, that makes it hard for some people and us, especially us to come yeah. out and just be open and honest with what's going on in our lives when it yeah. comes to stuff like that. So we know we have a real enemy and the enemy wants to lie to us. And so 
as you guys have walked through this, what do you think are some of the lies that the enemy tells us in those moments um, when there's that feeling of being outcast, the feeling of anxiety or, or depression going on in our life? What are lies that you guys have faced or that you know the enemy brings to us? So one of the things that the enemy kept, one of the darts he kept throwing at me was, man, you're broken physically. Because look, your two brothers have kids. Um, something's obviously wrong with you, and God is not hearing your prayers. Uh, so you must be worthless to him. Um, and so I, I just took that, and I kind of just owned it and became this, this person where, I just wore, I would wear a mask. So I would say, hey, you know, everybody would think I'm good on the outside, but on the inside, there was this, this venom. Um, so if you've seen the movie Venom, there was this, this other thing that would come out when I went to my own closet and he would just attack me. Um, and it was probably just a, a spirit of heaviness um, that, was, that was upon me. Um, so I, by accepting the lies that the enemy told me, I allowed this, this venom to come out. Um, and it would spew on my family and people at work. Uh, it, was, it was a mess. Um, to add to that, I would say that a lot of the lies that the enemy spoke personally to me was um, shame, okay. guilt, um, guilt from my past maybe some things that I had done and I was being punished for, um, just embarrassment, um, just all these things. I felt like I was alone in the situation, but once I got, to got a chance to open up to other women and other people, yeah. I realized that miscarriages are very common. Yeah. Um, and the statistics are pretty astronomical as to how many women can experience a miscarriage um, in her you know, conception years and in her production years. And so, um, and unexplained infertility is also a very common diagnosis, which I didn't realize at that time. Um, so I think that those lies perpetuated that isolation. And the more that I spoke out, the more that I spoke up, the more that I talked to people, I realized that that's not from God. That's not of God. So yeah. those are some just some lies. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I, I don't think we're, we're made. I know we're not designed to carry that burden. Yeah. It's not our burden to carry and, and we, we do it, and we, we hide, and we hold on to it, and it, it eats you up. Yeah. I think that uh, whenever we're going through anxiety, depression, and stress, um, the enemy uses these times to attack you. Yeah. So he will definitely go in there, and where you're most vulnerable, he'll come in and tell you, you know, they're not going to believe you. They're going to just blow you off. Um, that's not really something, that's something wrong with you. Um, you need clinical help. And um, he'll just put in just several lives, lies to keep you from coming out and being honest. Um, I think that um, in my own situation, um, I don't, it's, it's hard, you know, you can't just go up to, you know, we uh, are part of the welcome team and it's like, I can't go up to somebody and say, hey, yeah, I have, yeah, my, hello, my 22 year old's in jail and my other one is, off on his own, doing his own thing. It's, you know, how can you, and I don't want them to judge me by saying, how can you be serving when you can't keep your family together? So those are, that's a lie. That's a, you know, definite lie yeah. that the enemy's gonna put in your head. So what we do is we just go to him and just keep praying and to make them stronger, keep us strong, to make sure that we don't believe in what's being put in our heads. Yeah. 
Yeah, I would agree with everything that they're saying, that the enemy just really wants to attack your identity and wants you to think that you're broken beyond repair and that you can't be used in the church or in your family or in your community. But we know that God is in the business of redemption and restoration, and he wants us to experience that wholeness in our lives. So I think attacking your identity and attacking your... Um, your position like as a child of God is where the enemy really gets in. It's like there is so maybe there's sin in our lives. That's why I'm being punished or things like that. But I think a lot of times we're sinning as a result of the brokenness in our lives. And so it's kind of this cycle of like, I'm, I'm so depressed. I'm in so much pain. And that leads us to this sin that we think is going to make us feel better. Yeah. And so I think, you know, the enemy doesn't want us to realize that, that, you know, we can experience healing and wholeness because that keeps us in that, that yeah. trap. That's good. So we know the enemy wants to lie to us. What are things that you guys have found in your relationship with God, in God's word, that have helped you to stand against the lies of the enemy, that have helped you to overcome or fight against the anxiety, to fight against the depression? So what are those things that you've discovered in your relationship with God or in the word of God? So in James, it talks about, the first, first chapter of James, it talks about counting all joy mm-hmm. when you're going through diverse trials and, and things. Um, yeah. And then in verse 5, it talks about if you need understanding about why you're going through those things, then you ask for wisdom. So yeah. that, that, was my, that was my anchor verse. I was like, you got to help me understand why we're going through these things here or um, why I feel like all this is on me. And through that, he was able to show me like, hey, he's, he actually sent me a coworker. Um, who was who was in the faith and said, "Look, man, God is is showing you and He's telling you you're not broken. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with you physically. Um, you are able to have children, but that's just not part of His plan right now." And that was on the conception side. On the on the miscarriage, it was more about um, like the three Hebrew boys. It's like, okay, I know God is with me. I know He can do this. But even if He doesn't. You're still Jehovah Rapha. You're yeah. still Jehovah Nisi. You're yeah. still the God of, of the world. You're still amazing and awesome and full of wonder. The God who created everything. Will you praise me? Will yeah. you still stand for me? Because I'm not leaving you. Yeah. <laughs> and so that was, that was the truth there um, for me. Uh, it was a little bit different for my wife, I think. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Um, So, yes, for for me, it was, I mean, prior to uh, the miscarriages and us being at a different um, household of faith in a different congregation, we served faithfully. Like, I was rooted. I'm still rooted in God. And my faith was strong, so I thought. The... um, there was nothing you could say or do or anything that could happen that could waver my, my, my love for God, so I thought. And through that trial, what I learned is I'm not spiritually put together. And then fast forward to this year, we had the emotionally spiritual, spiritual health. Wait. we had the EHS (laughs) class and in that Peter talks about how you get to a wall and it could be a crisis of belief it could be something that happens circumstantially in your life that brings you to that point but it's beyond the wall that you end up with a different type of intimacy with God that you didn't experience before so yes I was rooted in God yes I still have faith in God yes I still you know, will shout it from the rooftops that Jesus is Lord and there is no other way to the Father but through him. But at the same time, I was still broken. I was still 
you know, not trusting in certain areas of my life, but he healed me past that. And I'm grateful for that. Yeah, that's good. Um, so when we were at one of our lowest points, um, there was sort of a family uh, intervention. My mother, my uh, sister, brother, who are all, who are strong Christians, and, and my wife, <laughs> of course. Um, they took me aside and I was just, I was miserable and I was unhappy and I was frustrated and everything I saw was fake. Nothing was real. Uh, it was, it was all a lie and deception, yeah. you know? Um, I felt like I was all alone. I felt like nobody understood. I felt like I was isolated and nobody, nobody really cared. My marriage was, was a sham. We didn't need to be together and the enemy did all he could to tear us apart. Yeah. Um, I was drinking a lot. Um, and it was, it was rough. It was really bad. Um, the truth is that I'm never alone, that God holds me and, and covers me and protects me through the worst things. Yeah. And he has delivered us time and time and time again. You know, you, you, when you're sitting in a hospital, it, it's, you have this deja vu because we've been to the hospital so many times. Mm -hmm. Val's gone to the ER and we're there for a week at a time. And it's the same thing. It's like this, it's like this, this bizarro reality of this, the same hospital room in a, di in a you know, different wing that looks just like the other one. <laughs> And it gets weird. And, um, you know, you see her, and she's there smiling. And she's there. She has joy. I was like, what right do I have to, to, to feel that way? I have no right at all because God is with us. And, yeah. and I know that he uh, protects us. And, and my worth, my value is anchored in God's word. Yep. It's not what somebody else tells me. A lot of times we like to say that emotions are like good or bad, like anger and sadness. Those are the bad emotions and happiness is a good emotion, but really they're just emotions that are more comfortable than others. Because um, when you look at the Bible, God experiences the whole range of emotions. You see him experiencing wrath and you see him experiencing, um, you know, grief over, you know, people's brokenness. And you see Jesus that experienced loneliness and betrayal. Um, so for me, realizing that like my emotions weren't a problem to be solved, they were just another way that I can relate and find God in um, my different experiences that he's not yeah. afraid that I have anger or sadness or worry um, and it's a new way for me to meet with him um, but then also the story of the man who was born blind is something that I always go back to is because um, you know, Jesus heals him but before that the whole community is asking like what did this man do or what did his parents do to cause him to be born blind and he thought they thought it was something that you know he was being punished for and Jesus's response is no like this happened so that I can glorify my father in heaven um, and so whenever I'm experiencing anxiety or depression or thinking back on things that have happened in the past that get me down, I just remembered that, that the Lord wants to be glorified through that and that it's an opportunity yeah. to bring him praise. Good. What I've discovered in God's word is that we're, we're all broken. Everyone under this roof today yeah. is broken. We were born sinners and um, we, are, we, we are flesh and uh, we're not perfect. And with that... Um, when we were trying to, you know, just um, trying to focus on what we were going to say today, uh, my brother sent me a devotional, and um, it's, and I read it, and it spoke to me directly because it re it related so much, and that one was Isaiah 53:5, says, "But he was pierced for our transgressions; he was crushed for our iniquities. Yeah. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed." And that basically makes me feel like, you know. We heal through our brokenness, and um, 
and God sees that that happens. And you know, we're his children and he sees us and he, we are all uniquely made, you know, even before we were conceived. Another one was Corinthians 15:43. Our bodies are buried in brokenness, but they will be raised in glory. Yeah. They're buried in weakness, but they will be raised in strength. And that gives me so much hope. Um, one thing that when Joseph left is that I felt so super alone. I thought everything was my fault and I was angry and deeply angry. Um, my dad had just recently died and you know, he was the pastor at his, you know, at his church and he was my spiritual guide. And you know, I always looked to him for help and I was looking for him to go talk to Joseph cause he's acting crazy. And so, um, but um, he would do, it to, do that to my brother too. <laughs> so, um, Whenever, one of the days that he was gone and I was just crying, I was in prayer and I was with my mother-in-law and we were praying, uh, she's the one that actually taught me how to pray, um, was Isaiah 41.10, that he, so do not fear for I am with you, do not be dismayed for I yeah. am your God, I will strengthen you and help you and I will uphold you in my righteous right hand. And then reading that and I was realizing through all of our studies and our, and our things that we've done to get in our get-togethers um, and studies that the righteous right hand is mentioned over 40 times in the Bible. Yeah. And if you look at it, it's all related to the strength that he gives you, how he just keeps you going. He upholds you, he tells you not to worry that he has you. Yeah. And so that has taught me that no matter what I go through, whether it's sickness and pain and, or, you know, back then Joseph being gone, um, or losing a close family member that like my dad, when I lost him, that, you know, God was right there, the whole thing. And even whenever we were not at our best, and believe me, we were not good at all, like, you know, having too much fun, I guess you can say, um, our parents were praying for us through the whole yeah. time. And that's the only way we are here today is because of those prayers and God being over us. Yeah. Because, and I told Joseph that, that you know, otherwise, then that's what we have to do for our kids, is we pray for them. It took us until we're about 30 to get right. So who knows how long it's gonna take for the boys. I mean, you know, <laughs> we just hope that it's yeah. more sooner than later. Um, but yeah, that's what kept us going. Yeah. That's good. So as we close down here this morning, um, there may be people that are sitting here that are going through this. It, it's not something they've been through, but they're experiencing it right now. Um, or they may have close family members or friends that are walking through this. So could you guys each kind of rapid fire, just give us a, a tip or a suggestion that if we're going through this, what's something that can help us overcome this or something that can help us as we walk through this? God has not forgotten you. Whether you're in leadership or just a lay person, even in leadership at your job, everyone goes through things. Um, and if you look in the Bible, God uses broken things. Yeah. Broken clouds bring rain. Broken soil, it has to be broken up in order for you to put a seed in there for new things to come forth. So if you, you feel like you're broken, you're in a place where God wants you because he wants you to lean on him because he's right. going to do something new in your life. There's a season coming. Yep. So... This morning I came up with an analogy um, <laughs> about a Lamborghini. So if we consider ourselves to be a Lamborghini, and I had my husband on the way to church this morning look up the amount of a Lamborghini. So the most expensive one right now is $4.2 million, right? So I would consider myself even more valuable than that, honestly. And I know that my Father in Heaven considers me more valuable than that temporal thing. So if you had a Lamborghini or in 
it broke down on the side of the road. No one here in their right mind would just walk away and be like, oh, well, it's broke down. I'm just going to leave it there. No, you would find a mechanic. Somebody going to help you get that car up and rolling because it's worth $4.2 million. So my point today is you are more valuable than that Lamborghini. So if That's you are right. broke down, if you are not feeling yourself, um, yeah. then you need to seek out professional help. Seek out someone who you can talk to to get yourself in a position where you are able to move forward again. Yeah. Um, I was taught by a counselor a long time ago um, to always have a peer, a professional, and a pastor. And so that's something that I've tried to incorporate yeah. into my own life um, when it feels like I'm alone, uh, that I can identify a support system right there with three people, a peer, a pastor, and a professional. Yeah, that's good. Um, so with me, I, um, like I said earlier, everyone here, we are all broken, we're all torn, and we're, none of us are perfect, and that um, we should go out to our family when we need it and you know go to god first and foremost of course and um just to those who have family and friends or, or someone who comes to you and gives you talks to you about their depression or stress or anxiety be legitimate in what you're saying because what comes out of your mouth can make or break that person mm -hmm. and you got to let them know that you actually care and i mean i'm sure in our hearts yes we do care but they have to see that and know let them trust you and you yeah. open up your heart. And if they give you an opinion that you don't necessarily agree with, don't argue it. Just love on them. Um, don't judge them. Because if you, I mean, if you don't agree with their opinion, that's going to move you to judge them. And that's the last thing that needs to be done. Also, don't compare what's going on with them to nothing. Just, you know, give what they're going through weight and let them know yeah. that they're acknowledged because that's the main thing they're feeling. They're feeling loneliness and they need that help. You know, establish a relationship with them. And, you know, and me personally, I wouldn't bombard them with Bible texts. I would bring that later on in a conversation because I've once heard that, you know, you shouldn't have to speak words for someone to know that you're a Christian. It should just come out automatically and they should yeah. see it in you. That's good. I, I would say that if you're suffering from depression, um, know that, that God is alive. We serve a living God. He is faithful. He never changes. He is always with you. You face nothing alone. Yeah. And uh, we're all part of the body of Christ, and we're all here to support and to listen and to encourage. And, uh, you know, First Peter tells us uh, to give him your anxieties. They're not, we're not made to carry those things. It's, yeah. it's not for us to carry or to hold on to. It's like a poison. Um, so just know that you are loved and you are valuable and you are valued far beyond any measure that we can, you know, use to measure value today. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to say one thing real quick. Um, that, that God put that person in front of you for a reason. And so when someone comes to you for help or just to talk to, be there and listen and listen honestly and with an open heart. So because God put that person there for you. Can we give them a hand? Thank you guys so much for sharing this morning. In first service and in this service, I'm just, I'm so thankful for you guys' honesty and openness and um, what God spoke through you. And I just want to encourage you, church. There are many of us that we walk through this. We walk through seasons of difficulty. Um, we walk through seasons, yeah, where we're wrestling with anxiety or stress. Things come in our lives that we don't expect. And I want you to hear this from me as your pastor. 
we don't want this to be a place where you have to pretend. And we want to have deep relationships where each other, with each other where we're open and where we're honest and we can share what we're going through. Just like you heard that God uses people that have walked through brokenness. God uses people that have gone through difficult times. And in each of us, we need this in our life. So Sarah and I, we talk about this from time to time right here from this stage. Um, this Wednesday, I'm starting up with my counselor again. Um, because I just felt like in this season, I want to make sure, hey, am I emotionally healthy? And am I processing through my emotions in a good way? Because I have a lot of kids in my house and they see that. And I want them to learn how to process through their emotions correctly. My mental health, I need checks from time to time. Have I allowed the enemy to lie to me any way in my life? And, and I lead you guys. So I need that guard and I need that check in my heart. And um, over the past little bit, I've been the past three weeks, and this week is the final week, I've been walking through, um, it's called a mental health fitness challenge. And it's just walking with a group of about 80 other people and looking at those things in our lives. Like, are there things we need to reevaluate with thought patterns and with patterns in our mind? And one of the things that, that the leader of this group gave us that I want to um, leave you with this morning that's so encouraging, it's this right here, is to have mental help, we need both help and hope. If you really want to have mental health, there are going to be times in your life where you need help and where you need hope. Here is the help. You may be going through something and you may need to see a counselor, just like we've talked about. You may need outside wisdom and perspective for what you're going through and what you're walking through. There's no shame in that. That's the help that God brings alongside of us. There may be a point where things are chemically unbalanced in your mind and you need medicine to help you to balance those things. It's just like any other medical thing. If your leg is broken, you're gonna get it taken care of. That's help that God brings in our life. Help may be your fitness or what you're eating because that affects chemicals levels in your body. That's your help. But you guys, that's not where we place our hope. We need that in our life but that's not our hope. Our answers don't come from those things um, to bring that freedom. Our hope is in Christ. And just like Joseph shared, 1 Peter 5, cast all your anxieties, cast all your cares on me. This is what God says, because I care for you. And I remember a few months ago, I was having this conversation with God and he said, Aaron, when you're holding on to things, it's a trust issue. You don't really trust me with those things. And so you're trying to fix it yourself. And he just reminded me, you can hope in me. You can trust in me. I'm a good God and I've got your best interest in mind. I'm concerned about you and I want what's best for you. And if you find yourself in a place where you're starting to carry that anxiety, you're starting to battle that depression, you may need to look, God, is my hope truly in you? And God, do I trust that you care for me and that you have my best interest in mind? I wanna challenge you, church. We want to be a church where we believe in wholeness, spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally, where we're helping one another become the people of God that God has called us to be. And we're understanding that identity. And, and so I'm so thankful for our panel and what they shared. I wanna pray for you guys this morning. I'm gonna ask if you would take a moment and bow your head and, and close your eyes this morning. And you may be here in this room and maybe you can relate to some of the stories. Maybe right now you're walking through a difficult moment and you've put on a face. There could be others around you that don't even know or understand the difficulty of just trying to get out of bed or tackle that new project at work or confront that relationship because it just seems like such a weight. 
and Jesus cares for you this morning. And if that's you, if, if you're here with no one looking around and you're saying, Aaron, I, I need prayer. Maybe my hope in Christ, it's been shaken a little bit and, and I want to trust in him. Or maybe you're here, you've been trying to fix this on your own and this morning you're realizing God is an ever-present help in a time of trouble. That's what Psalms tells us. And maybe you're realizing that. Or maybe for you, it's seeking out help. You're, you're trusting in God, but you realize you can't do this on your own. And so this week, you need to take that step. If that's you, I wanna pray with you with no one looking around. Would you just lift your hand and then you can put it back down. I wanna join with you in prayer. Thank you, thank you. After you lift it up, thank you, thank you. You can put it back down. We're gonna pray this morning and I'm gonna lead out, but I don't want you to just listen to me. In your own words, would you have an honest conversation with God? You don't have to say anything special. There's nothing fancy. You have to say, just be honest. Of God, I, I need my hope in you to be restored. Or God, I need to take that step to get the help, Lord, in my life. Because I want to be a mentally healthy person, God. Let's pray together this morning. Lord, I thank you. You see our brokenness and you love us. Lord, through it, God, you bring healing. You've provided a way, God. And Lord, I just pray for every individual in this room, God, that's struggling in this moment. And maybe they feel like they can't be honest, but Lord, they're going through a difficult season in their life, Lord. And I pray for your hope to be present in them, God. I pray for you to do something, Lord. This week, I speak healing over your church, God. I speak that you would be there and you would comfort them, God. You would guide them through what they're walking through, Lord. That you see the pain in their heart, Lord. You see the difficulty in their life, Lord. You've not abandoned them but you're there, God, encourage and lift up their spirit. God, for those of us that maybe this week is taking that step to say, hey, I need to get some help. I need some outside guidance, Lord. Give us that boldness. God, give us the courage to step out, Lord, to receive that in our life. Lord, I'm praying that, God, that you would be our hope. God, that we would be a church that encourages one another, God, and we place our cares on you because we truly trust that you care for us. God, do this in your son's name we pray. Amen.